Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by CE for Monday, November 2nd. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, and on today's show, I'll be talking to New Orleans.Football host, founder, all of that, Nick Underhill, on the show today to recap the Saints' 26-23 overtime win over the Chicago Bears. But first, we won. So you know what that means. Cue the music. day you're listening to this podcast it's always a good time to stand up and get crunk okay now we bring in nick underhill from new orleans dot football nick how did you do through uh, hurricane zeta we're hanging in there uh we got lucky our power was back the same night but you know i know a lot of people are still without it so hopefully it comes back and everybody gets going soon but you know luckily it wasn't too too bad and and you know it could have been a whole lot worse it was my first one so it, i was happy that it like came and went really quick it was my first one too. And I was staying, um, or I was going through the hurricane with some people so that I wasn't by myself. And they decided to open up the windows because they're from new Orleans and they're like used to it. And so I'm just sitting in a chair fearing for my life. And they're like, Oh, well, look at all the rain and wind and the destruction. And I was like, Oh, I'm fearing for my life right now, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good on that. Windows closed, everything boarded up. No, no, thank you. Exactly. Me too. Um, Nick, you're actually running a deal on new Orleans football through your Twitter account it looks like right now can you tell our listeners a little bit about that uh yeah we, we've been giving out some subscriptions to people that sign up to help with NOLAGOV um you know you just go on you sign up you put your name on a list you clean up a little bit we'll give you a, a month um you know there's a limited number of these but we got about 10 left so if you want to sign up and do it and help out the community you can get some Saints news for free if not you know it's nine dollars a month I, I think it's worth it um any support people give, you know, helps us build out our vision. We're trying to do a little bit more, create more content and kind of, you know, do things a little bit differently than, than how some people do them. So, you know, so, so far the support from the city has been outstanding for the site, but we can definitely get bigger. And, you know, hopefully we're, we're just, you know, the way we look at it, we're in phase one. So we're trying, we're trying to blow up a little bit here and it's been going good, but yeah, I mean, if you want to help out with the cleanup, it's, it's a good deal. Free, free, free saints, do a little help for the community and, and it's a one-one situation. I was about to say, definitely a, a worthy cause and a reasonable deal. I don't think you've ever put out a tweet where I'm like, hmm, that doesn't seem interesting. I think all of your tweets, I'm like, wow, I, I would want to read about that. So um, <laughs> Thank you. keep up the good work. Uh, Nick, why doesn't it feel, you know, talking about the Saints and Bears game, why doesn't it feel like we've been talking or we are talking about a five and two team? Can you kind of put your finger on that? it's it's been a weird season to me and every game's kind of felt the same and last night after the game ended I was just kind of sitting there and I'm thinking like what have we learned about this team and I don't really know that we've learned a lot about them other than that they have a lot of character and they can win ugly and those traits are going to go far in the season but look I think not having Michael Thomas is, is a big deal and it seems to be something that that everybody just walked past right away and Oh, Drew Brees is done. He can't throw the football. And oh, the offense is guard. It's no, the offensive player of the year wasn't in there. So I, I feel like in a way, like the first Bucks game really wasn't the start of the season. It feels like maybe the second Bucks game will be the start of the season. And once Michael Thomas is out there, once Emmanuel Sanders is out there, losing Marquez Callaway was a surprisingly big deal, I think. And 
Alvin Kamara is kind of, you know, he, he was always kind of like a decorating piece to the offense. He was the ring on Saturn, but not Saturn itself. Now he's, he's Saturn and Mike Thomas is a Saturn too. And you have these two guys that I think are, are among maybe the five best offensive players, non-quarterbacks in the NFL. And they're going to be at the peak of their powers. Hopefully if Mike comes back from his injury where he was at. So I think the team's going to be a whole lot better in the defense. I think bit by bit, we've seen some of this stuff get extracted. Some of the bad things that they do early in the season, they couldn't cover bootlegs. Then they couldn't execute their cover three. Then they couldn't execute their cover two. Last, last night wasn't perfect, but I think each week you see some of these little things go away and it's taking much longer to get to where they need to be than expected. But it looks like there, there's reason to believe that they could get there. I don't know if they'll ever be a dominant defense, but they can be solid enough. And I think the offense is going to get a whole lot better. Nick, you just talked about the secondary and the defense. It seemed like all training camp we were talking about, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins, best cornerback tandem in the NFL. The secondary looks great. Defense looks great. And then somewhere along the way, it kind of shifted to the secondaries having communications issue issues and giving up big plays. When did that shift happen and what can they do to correct it? I think maybe there were multiple things that, that created this impression during training camp. And I think one of them was that the offense wasn't as in sync as expected. And that's tough to evaluate from the sideline and where we're watching from. But we did see that early in the season a little bit. And I don't think that it's it's necessarily a coincidence that all the camp stars seem to be in the secondary. And there might have just been weird stuff going on with the offense that, that helped blow that up. But also, Sean Payton last week said that he was surprised that some of the stuff was going on with the secondary, and he said he wouldn't have expected it coming out of camp. So it wasn't all just that. I just think that there's some things that are going on where maybe some of the fundamentals got a little bit lazy for, you know, I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, every time Dennis Allen talks, Aaron Glenn talk, it's about guys not having their eyes in the right places. And you see that when they're playing, you know, you'll see Chauncey Gardner-Johnson covering his own, and he's looking at the quarterback while a guy runs by him or, you know, it's an outside cornerback's doing the same thing or a deep safety's watching the run and it's a pass. And it's just little things, but it's it's everybody doing it at the same time. And it's leading to these coverage busts. And, you know, I'm a little surprised coming out of the bye the first game out, that stuff wasn't completely fixed. You know, I thought that was going to be the point, but it is getting a little bit better. And in that game, there were things they did before the bye where you saw it was fixed. So it's a weird process. I think it's it's a huge surprise that this is the group that's struggling because these guys, you know, they're veteran players. And, and we talked about, hey, they're, they're a veteran team. This this COVID stuff, the way the offseason is playing out, it's going to benefit them. And they'll be the team that hits the ground running and, and everybody else will be struggling. Saints are the team that, that you know, came out struggling a little bit. But I, I do believe in their talent enough to think that they can be a good defense. It's just taken, you know, a, a whole lot of time to get there. I think on every scouting report, whoever Marshawn's guarding, we just need to replace the name with Mike Evans. I think that that'll <laughs> solve all the problems because for whatever reason, he seems to lock him up every single time. Um, but Nick, where do you compare right now where we're at in the season, Trey Hendrickson and Marcus Davenport? Because it seems like Trey Hendrickson is having a, a great season. It doesn't seem like he is having a great season. Marcus Davenport obviously has combated some injuries throughout his career, but do you think Trey Hendrickson is slowly kind of edging out Marcus Davenport a little bit? I, I wouldn't go all the way there. I, I think the impact of Davenport is, is you, you see it even when he's not doing things, he, he changes the way the offensive line blocks, there's shifts and protections. And I don't think it's a, it's a huge surprise that, you know, his first game back, Cam Jordan had six pressures last night, Cam had four, it, they came late in the game, but you know, they're paying a little more attention to that side of the line when Davenport's out there. 
and just I think his physicality and, and everything it's it's really coming together a lot more this year and you see like he has a plan when he rushes the passer now and I think before it was kind of like he was just running and if there was a lane he was taking the lane or you know he's just trying to beat guys with speed or power but like he's setting guys up now and I think it, you know it is the season plays out more and more I think people are going to appreciate his talent it, it's kind of a small sample right now he's not playing a ton of snaps every game but look, you're right. Trey has is, is been outstanding. And I don't think that we should just whistle by what he's doing. Like his sack numbers are up. You know, he might not draw the same amount of attention, but his job is to beat what's in front of him. And he's doing that probably better than, than everybody else. So, you know, the, the numbers and the production, I think, favor Trey. I think the film would maybe favor Davenport a little bit. But having both of those guys going in a year where, you know, I think Cam has been a little bit slower to get going than he has been in, in other seasons, you know, they, they've kind of, really been important to this defensive line and now Sheldon Rankin's going to be out three weeks with an MCL injury so you know it, it's it's important to have these other guys producing and there was a reason they had interest in uh Clowney too and you know just these guys have to have to pick it up and they, they got to keep going and I think as the secondary gets a little bit better the pass rush will get a little bit better too I think those two things go hand in hand last week against Teddy Bridgewater you know he threw 16 passes in under two and a half seconds and you just aren't going to get pressure in games like that. So the secondary needs to hold a little bit more to give them a little bit more time. But when it's there, you know, I, I do think you see Trey producing a lot more than anybody expected. So it's a good time for him to be stepping up with this contract coming to. Yeah. And the entire line is going to have to step up as, like you said, with the absence of Sheldon Rankins now, luckily coming out with an MC, MCL sprain only out for a few weeks. It could have been, it seemed like on the broadcast, it was going to be like life shattering. Like I, I was very confused with the broadcast. They said they weren't going to replay it. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm thinking, like, some of the stuff they played off. in the past. His legs you remember, off. <laughs> you remember the Louisville basketball player, like, when his leg, like, just yeah. went completely. So I'm like, oh, my God, what happened to him if they aren't going to show him? But, like, he's then he's walking off the field, and he's he's fine. I, that seemed very dramatic. Yeah, I was very confused, and I was worried. And then when they showed him walking, like you said, I was like, okay, so is he fine? <laughs> or is it going to be one of those, like, medical mystery moments where, like, he takes one step and his, like, all the skin on his body comes off I was very confused it was crazy. Um, but it, it was what I think two weeks ago now the, the media was talking about um Andy Dalton when he went down and none of his offensive linemen rallied around him and there was you know huge questions on the the chemistry of the Cowboys team yesterday when the fight happened with CJ Garner Johnson it seemed like the entire not the entire bench but the secondary had his back especially Janoris Jenkins which was hilarious to me just jumping on his back but what does that say about the camaraderie of this team that everyone came to bat for him I think it's huge yeah and like you said everybody rallied in really quick and it's just kind of you see a punch thrown and you know you want your guys jumping in and having your back and they definitely did in that moment and I think there's value in the way Gardner Johnson carries himself I think you know I I don't know if there's a ton of guys on this team that like bring a super hard edge. That's a lot of very nice people. He's a guy that's a little bit different than the other people. And I think that that's necessary just for that identity. And look, he's annoying. You got a guy thrown out of a game. And when it's people on the other team that are annoyed with you, that's a, that's a good thing. So, you know, I, I, I like that. And I like the character of the team overall too. I think even with these struggles, the one thing that, that gives you hope for their ability to figure stuff out on defense is that late in games, they're rallying and making plays when they need to make them. And if it was a team that felt like, you know, oh, all this stuff's going wrong, we aren't playing well, I don't know if you'd see that same effort in the late moments of games. There's not a defeatist attitude. So everybody still has each other's back. You see these moments, they're coming together. And that was really a rallying point 
for the whole game. Like they came, they got a very key, you know, three points after that. It, it felt like things came to life a little bit more after that moment. So yeah, I, I think it was in a weird way, a, a very good thing that happened for this team. What can you add about the play calling of Sean Payton on the offensive side of the ball? Last night, it seemed like, you know, you asked the question following the game um, about them having to kind of change up the game plan quarter by quarter, you know, if they're going in the win against the win, you know, things like that. What does it say about his play calling ability? I think, you know, Sean's always on point with his play calling. There's, you know, he's thinking about things other people aren't thinking about. You know, at the end of the game, I was I was surprised they didn't run out the clock to kick the field goal, but he said it was a gut feeling. Um, you know, his, his gut feelings are usually pretty good. They lead the ambush in that. So I'm not going to, you know, start second guessing, you know, a guy that's been really good at, at calling plays throughout his career. It did work for them. You know, maybe he felt shaky about ball security or, or something. So, um, yeah, I mean, like he, he just, you see different coaches play the win. Like some people go in and, and do this. If Belichick, someone that does this too, there was a game in 2013 at the end of regulation, they, they go into overtime. There's so much wind and they kick, they choose to kick off after winning the toss and they end up getting stopped and they play field position. Just, you know, Sean, someone that looks at all those details too. And it's just everything about what they do is, is always just very, very detailed and on point, you know, down to the cleats. Like you can get, you could have a 25 minute conversation with Sean about like which spikes to wear and which elements and what's with the grass field and that. So I think with all that, you, you saw it play out really well and, you know, it's just, he's, he's just always on point. I don't really know what else to say to that one, except that like, he's going to think of every detail, every game. Whenever someone calls me a control freak, I'm just going to be like, Hey, it, it works for Sean Payton. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we can talk about Alan Kamara, how great he is. There's, we, we've already said everything that there can be said about Alan Kamara. He's just good at football. There's, there's really no stopping him. It's funny when you see him out there, especially this year, now that he's hundred percent, it just seems like he's so unfazed, even when he's tackled, when he's, you know, busting it for a first down, he just seems unfazed and it doesn't seem like any moments too big for him. It's amazing how easy he makes everything look like people that can do things without showing effort. It's just, it's an amazing thing to watch and it doesn't matter what it is. You, you can see it, you know, actors that make it look effortless where you don't see the, you know, for the curb fans acting without acting, right. um, you know, when you can do that or, you know, even like with the rapper, like big Sean, like he's just someone that like raps very effortlessly and it doesn't seem like he's trying, but like when it comes together, it looks really good. Alvin's way more consistent than big Sean. So credit to him. But, uh, you know, I just think the way he plays, he just like, he flows in his body movements. It's he's just, different than other players and I think it was very obvious coming into the season that on a personal basis he was the most talented running back in the NFL the injuries were the issue and McCaffrey was paid higher because McCaffrey had luck with injuries you know coming into the season the fact that Alvin already like after you know six seven games is outplaying the contract he signed before the season started really isn't a surprise because I, I think he is the best player in the league he was smart to take that insurance and hedges bets a little bit and give back a little bit of money to, to protect against a future injury. But I mean, he's, he's doing what he's supposed to do. I, I honestly think he's, he's the best offensive player in the NFL. And I think he's proven that this year. It'll be interesting to see if the production stays up once Mike Thomas is back, but I think it's very realistic for him to have a 2000 yard season. Yeah. Hopefully they'll get Michael Thomas back this week. Last question before I let you go, Nick, Will Lutz. I mean, you talked about it earlier, Sean Payton, just having, um, you know, a gut feeling he misses a field goal in the beginning of the game it comes into play later, especially in overtime. And then he has a walk-off um, field goal and, and wins it for the, for the saints. 
how much does it say about the confidence that Sean has in him, the team has in him to just go out there and, and kick it like he has many, many, many times before? I think like the best quote after the game, and it kind of flew under the radar, is that Lutz said something, like he alluded to, to all the kickers that had played here before him. And at one point it was like 11 kickers in 11 years or something like that. It was a crazy number. He's the guy that 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 has earned Sean's trust. And I don't think anybody else really has. And I think it's, you know, it's for good reason. He He missed a kick, I think, very early in his in his career, Sean stuck with him and it's paid off. And when he signed that guy, he said that, like, this is going to be the most talented kicker we ever had. And like everybody kind of like, you know, laughed at it a little bit because of the history with kickers. Lots has proven that. And he did miss the one early in the game. I think if you watch it, the operation was a little bit messed up. The laces weren't where it was supposed to be. So a pass on that one. But he should have all the confidence in the world in this guy. Um, there's going to be people that criticize kicking on first down with a little time on the clock. But look, I mean, if he felt like he was going to make it, he went out there and made it like it, it worked. So, you know, whatever, but like, he should trust Lutz. He's the guy, you know, will, will clutch. He, he does it every, every time they call on him. So, um, it's good to have that player on your team. Like Lutz is probably one of the top five saints right now this season, but the way everybody's playing, he's one of the few guys that that's going to show up and be reliable and, you know, that's just who he is, and, and he's proven that. And there's not a lot of kickers that maintain that consistency year to year. That's the recap of the Saints' win over the Bears, 26-23 to in overtime. And, Nick, fans can follow you at Nick underscore Underhill on Twitter. Also, are you coming for my job? I've been noticing you do a lot more camera work. Are you, are you trying we're, to do something here? We're just trying to level up. <laughs> just trying to get on your level. I love it. Well, like I said, fans can follow Nick on uh, social media and also at neworleans.football. It is well worth uh, the subscription payment, all of that. And also you can help uh, fund Hurricane Zeta relief. Nick, we appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, as always, make sure you're checking out NewOrleansSaints.com or the Saints app for recaps of the game. We'll have player interviews, videos, audio, all of that available on NewOrleansSaints.com or your Saints app. Quick PSA, Tuesday is election day. I know you can't forget because the messaging has been out there for as long as I can remember, so you're not going to forget to vote, but please make sure you make it a priority to go out and vote on election day, November 3rd, whatever you want to vote, make sure you go out and do it. We will have Saints and Pelicans staff out there encouraging you where to go and everything like that, so if you're not registered and you're listening to this before Tuesday, make sure you go register, make sure you go vote, do everything you need to do to go out and practice your civic duty. All right, that'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We appreciate you all listening, and we'll talk to you again on Wednesday.